Father, we lift your name tonight, God. We love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, oh God. And we thank you for this time that you have allowed us to come together, to gather in your house, oh God. And we thank you, Father, God, that your word will go forth tonight, Father, with power. We thank you, Lord God, that your word will not return void, Father. And God, I yield myself to you as a vessel. And I ask, God, that you fill my mouth with your words, oh God. We pray for utterance tonight, Lord God, that you would speak to us from heaven, Lord God. You know what each one of us needs to hear, Father. And so I pray, God, that you would speak to each individual person, each individual situation. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah. amen, and amen. You can go ahead and have your seats. Hallelujah. Well, I first want to honor the Lord. Hallelujah. And second, I want to honor my spiritual parents, Pastor John and Pastor Kim. And, you know, I always think about how I don't think that the Lord could have picked a better place to train me in, in, in what he's called me to do. And I'm so grateful for everything that I have learned and received um, over the course of the many, many, I don't even want to say how many years. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's going to make me feel old <laughs> that I've been here. But I'm so grateful for, for that. So let's get into what the Lord wants to say to us tonight. You know, we are in, I don't know if you know this or not, and I hope you do. Because we've been told by our man of God, but we are in an extremely prophetic season. And we receive so many prophetic words, you know, year after year and even, even week to week. You know, we receive these prophetic words from the Lord. And on top of that, we are in a prophetic season with it being the beginning of the year. This, it, this is a prophetic season because we are entering into a new year. We are entering into a new season. And so now we have an opportunity to set the tone for the rest of this year. You know, I, 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 I made a YouTube video a while back, and I, one of the things I said is that I never want to aimlessly meander into a new year. I, if I'm entering into a new year, I want to enter in with purpose. I want to enter in with an assignment. I want to enter in with an expectation and with a word from the Lord. And so we have received so many words from the Lord. And tonight I want to just share something that, that the Lord has had placed on my heart. And I want to encourage you that all of these words that we have heard, you know, we've heard about, you know, that the camels were coming. We can't forget that, y'all. I know it was three months ago, but we cannot forget the fact that, that the man of God said prophetically that the camels were coming and they are not coming empty-handed, but they are coming with the wealth of the Gentiles. See, we got to stay stirred up about this stuff. We cannot forget the words that we have received. We also received the word that, that this is a time where God is promoting his people, where God is setting some down. And he is raising some up. Now, which one are you going to be? I don't know about you, but I want to be the ones that he's raising up. And then last night we heard about the fact that, that this is a year of restoration. And that everything that the enemy has stolen is going to be restored to us in this year. And we already know it's not coming back like it came. It's not coming back like it went, but it's coming. It got to be at least double. But the woman of God is standing on seven, seven times. But at least it's got to be double. And so we got to stay stirred up about what God is going to do. Because Pastor Kim already said it. If we, if we let that stuff slip, then we're going to be all, we ain't going to come in here right. We won't come in here right. And so we got we to gotta keep God and his word and his promises at the forefront of our minds as we go throughout this year. So three months from now, we got to have the same expectation. We got to have the same excitement. We got to have the same fire that we have tonight. Six months from now, we got to have the same expectation, the same excitement, and the same expectation. Amen? All right. Man, I just, hey, I just believe, listen, I believe if you're going to come to church, 
If you're going to come here, you might as well come here ready to receive. You might as well come here ready to praise. I mean, if you're going to pray, you might as well just pray. If you're going to, don't play with it. Don't play with it. Anybody want to jump off the deep end with me tonight? Come on, we got to jump in, y'all. We got to jump in. And we got to keep ourselves stirred up about the things of God, y'all. All right, let's see what the Lord wants to say. Now, last night, Pastor had us in Obadiah. We're going to Micah tonight. <laughs> it's back there by Obadiah. <laughs> We're going to go to Micah chapter 2. Back there in those minor prophets. We're going to look at verses 12 and 13. And it says, I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture. They shall make a loud noise because of so many people. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out pass through the gate and go out by it. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. And so I want to talk to you tonight for uh, a few minutes from the topic, break out and pass through. Break out and pass through. And so we see that here in verse 13. It says that the one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate. And so one of the things that the Lord wants me to remind us of tonight is that there is another level for you. There is another level for you. And I know that we get used to living a certain way. We get used to a certain lifestyle. We get used to a certain status. And sometimes we can get comfortable and we can forget that there is another level that God wants to take us to. There is another level of anointing. Come on, somebody. There is another level of power. There is another level of revelation that God wants to take you to. There is another level of wealth that God wants to take you to. There is another level. And so we cannot, we cannot look at other people and see them operating at a certain level and feel like that level is reserved for certain people. No, the anointing is not just reserved for certain people. The wealth, the, the influence, it's not just reserved for certain people. People, but the enemy has caused us to look and see other people living that way. And we feel like this is just our lot in life. This is just the way that I'm supposed to be. This is just the hand that I have been dealt. But I come to tell you that there is another level that God wants to take you to. This is not it for you. This is not your lot in life. This is not the end all be all of your experience in this earth realm. There is a level that God wants to take you to. But you got to get that in your own spirit. You got to set that as your own expectation. That I will not stay at this level. So there is more. There is something that God wants to do. There is some place that God wants to take us. And we see that in 2 Corinthians 3.18 in the Amplified Bible. And it says, and all of us, and I think I, re I think I read this scripture every time I preach. <laughs> this is one of my favorite verses. But it says, <laughs> and all of us <laughs> with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the word of God, as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are constantly being transfigured into his very own image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from who? The Lord. 
from the Lord who is the Spirit. And so we as believers, as we are beholding the image of God, it says that we should be going from one level of glory to the next level of glory. So God did not design you to stay the same. Pastor talked about that on Sunday, didn't he? God did not design you to live your life on one level, but God designed you to go from one level of glory to the next level of glory. Proverbs 4.18 says it like this, that the path of the righteous grows exceedingly bright, right, to the perfect day. And so there is a progression. There is some progress that we need to be making in our lives. So, man. We know that Pastor also released a word about promotion to us. And that this is a time and a season where God is promoting and increasing his people. Now that word to promote, we know that from Psalm 75, 6. We're familiar with that, right? Let's read it anyway. Let's read it. <laughs> Let's read it. We know it, but we'll, we'll put our eyes on it. It won't hurt, will it? All right, Psalm... 75, it says for, verse 6, for exaltation comes neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. And now in the King James Version, instead of exaltation, it uses the word promotion. And so that word promotion means to advance or raise someone to a higher position or rank. It means to transfer to a higher division or league. And so God desires to advance his people to a higher rank. Man, when you talk about a rank, that's not just one area of your life. Your rank speaks to your status. Your rank speaks, hallelujah, to the weight that you carry the authority that you carry and God is raising you up to another rank in the spirit to another rank in your life so this is what God wants to do to us now here's the thing it's not enough for us just to think that God doing these things for us is just a good idea that ain't gonna get it it has to be more to us than just a good idea. It has to be more to us than just a good sermon or a good word. We have to get to the point where something begins to rise up in us that says, I will not stay in this place. We got to get to the point where we get so uncomfortable with, with, the, with being in the same place that we are willing to do some things that we've never done before, that we're, a, we're willing to say some things and do some things that might be a little bit different. Uh-oh, we got to get out of the comfort zone, y'all. We got to get out of the comfort zone. So this, this got to be more than just a good idea, y'all. But you got to get tired. You got to get tired. You got to get ready to get up out of this place, out of that situation, out of that circumstance, out of that level. Man, we got, we got to get uncomfortable, y'all. We have to get uncomfortable, and we got to begin to see, okay, and, and begin to look and say, all right, Lord, I see where I am, but I also see where you're trying to get me to. And listen, if, if, if God is trying to get you somewhere, go ahead and just get an agreement with him. Stop listening to the lies of the enemy. Stop listening to your situation, to your circumstance, and come into agreement with what God says he wants to do in your life. We got to come into agreement with what God wants to do. That God wants to break us out. That God wants to pass to us to pass through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, y'all. We got to see some stuff in the spirit. We got to see where God is taking us in the spirit, y'all. Man. 
Shoot, man, man, we got we gotta like we gotta take our eyes off of this little small stuff. We gotta take our eyes off of this little this little confined space that 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 the enemy has tried to keep us in, and we gotta see that God wants to bring us out and bring us into a broad place. So something has to happen on the inside of us. Something has to happen on the inside of you to where you begin to say, this is not where I belong. That this does not match what I know is on the inside of me. Man. And so God wants to shake us up. So in the book of Micah where we, where we read Micah, Chapter 2, the prophet is prophesying, first of all, he's prophesying that they're going to go through some stuff. He's, he's letting them know that there is going to be a season that they are going to spend in captivity. All right? But along with the judgment, there is a promise. And that's what we read. Micah 2, 13, 12 and 13. And so even though there is going to be a season where the children of Israel would be in captivity, he says, listen, there's also go going to be a time in verse 13 when there's going to be a breakout. <laughs> so you're going to spend some time in captivity, but don't worry about that. Do what you got to do. Go through it. But there is going to come a time when the one who breaks out, the one who breaks through, is going to come up before you and break you out of that captivity. So let's take some time and look at this. So in the uh, New King James Version, it says, verse 13, the one who breaks open. We can stop right there. <laughs> the one who breaks open. Now, I thought I wrote this on uh, in another version. But if you look at it in the King James Version, it says the breaker. It says the breaker is come up before them. So that means, y'all, yes, we serve a God who is Jehovah Jireh, right? We, we serve Jehovah Rapha. We serve the God, and we, all, we know all these names of God, but I got a new one for you. It says the breaker, the one who breaks open, the one who breaks you out. Now, this word uh, breaker is, um, <laughs> is the Hebrew word parats, and it means to break through or down or over. It means to burst, to breach, to break out, to burst out from womb or enclosure, to break open. Or break in pieces. Look at this one. This is, my, this is my favorite. To break out violently upon. Wow. That means the Lord is going to break out violently upon every enemy that is trying to hold you down. It also says, oh, this is a good one too. To break over limits or to increase. Has anybody ever felt like you had some limits? Wow, you might, you might feel as though you have been limited, but I come to tell you that the breaker is coming to break you out of every limitation that the enemy has tried to put on you. The breaker. It also says to use violence or to break away. Now, God is so powerful, y'all. And see, this is what we have to understand. Because a lot of times we get discouraged because we feel like we have to break ourselves out. A lot of times we get discouraged because we don't see how we can come out. We don't see how our situation can change. But can I tell you something? 
it's not up to you to break yourself out. Because you serve a God that is powerful enough to break down every wall that is keeping you from your promise. Woo. He is. <laughs> it's not up to you. And see, this is where we got to make the shift in our thinking. This is where we have to make the shift in how we approach this and how we see this. Because now, instead of looking at our own resources, instead of looking at our own ability, now we switch our eyes and we put our eyes on the breaker. We put our eyes on the one who we know is powerful enough to break us out. All right. Let's look at Psalm 29, verses 3 through 5. Psalm 29. Look, look how powerful the breaker is. Look how powerful the God that we serve is. Psalm 29, verses 3 through 5. And it says, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. Look, look at this. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Look at this. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. What is a cedar? A cedar is the hardest tree you can find. In other words, there is nothing that is too hard that God cannot break you out of. There is nothing too difficult for him. And look what it says. It says he does it by his voice. His voice is that powerful. His voice can break you through. His voice can break you out. His voice can take, cause your enemies to take flight. His voice. His voice. And this is why the word of God is so powerful. Because it's the word of God that breaks us out. So we don't have to worry about how this is going to happen. We don't have to worry. We just have to put our expectation on the breaker. Our expectation on the one who is able and willing to break us out. Now, let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel chapter 5. And let's start at... We'll go 17 through 20. And this is important because you know you have an enemy, right? And you know your enemy does not want to see you break out. Your enemy wants to see you stuck and stagnant and, and on the same level for your whole life. So let's look here. We're going to look at 2 Samuel 5, 17 through 20. It says, now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel. Now what's that? That's promotion, right? That's David going from one level to another. That's him going from a low place to a high place. So it says, now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, look what happened. All the Philistines went up to search for David. Now all of a sudden, here come the Philistines when David gets promoted. You know, David, he was already anointed, y'all. David was already anointed. He was walking around with the anointing. He had already, about two chapters earlier, had already been anointed king. But now when he gets promoted, here come the Philistines. And it says, um, and all the Philistines went up to search for David, and David heard of it, 
and went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And God and the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. Look what it says. So David went to Baal Perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of that place Baal Perazim. Yep, Chris said it. That means the master of breakthroughs or the Lord of breakthroughs. And so, just like David, many of us are walking around with an anointing. Many of us are walking around and God has already anointed us. God has already called us. God has already given us an assignment. And so we're walking around with the anointing, but we have not yet been promoted. So you have this anointing, but, you, but you're still in a low place. And so you're walking around and you know what's in you. You know what's on you. But for some reason, what's on the outside of you is not matching what you know God has put on the inside of you. And so now you find yourself frustrated by all the limitations that you feel in your life because you know there is more that God wants to do. And see, here's what the Lord showed me. He showed me that the enemy is okay with you just being anointed. He's okay with you just being anointed as long as it remains in a low place. He's okay with you being anointed as long as you only affect a small amount of people. As long as just you stay in your little circle and you, and you do what you got to do in your little circle. And you take your anointing and you pass it around among your friends. And you pass it around among your circle. But the moment God begins to promote and elevate you, now he has a problem. You want to know why? Because now you're going into his territory. Now, you, now you're going and snatching them out of his kingdom. And so he wants to keep your anointing small. But God wants to elevate you and promote you so that you can, hallelujah, snatch those out of the kingdom of darkness. See, he don't mind as long as you ain't messing with it. But see, as when you start to get influence, God starts to elevate you. Now, more, now you have access to affect more lives. Now that anointing can reach more people, and that's the last thing he wants. See, see, they, the Philistines knew because they saw what David did when he was just a, a soldier. They saw what he was capable of as a mere soldier in Saul's army. And, and, and they knew if this man ever walks in the fullness of what God anointed him to be, that I am in trouble. The enemy knew that if he ever got to that place where God called him to be, that the enemy was in trouble. And so he tried everything he could to keep him in a low place. All right. Now, I think that's it for that. Let's see what else the Lord want to say. Okay, now, if we go back to our main text, we're going to shift gears here a little bit. So... We see two things here in Micah chapter 2, verse 13. It says, first of all, that the one who breaks open will come up before them and they will break out. Right? And so to break out simply means that what 
held you back, now you've been made free from it. The limits that were, were on you, the, the, the thing that had you confined and limited, now you've broken out. So now you're no longer bound by whatever those limitations were. You have broken out. But breaking out is not the totality of your deliverance. There is more to your deliverance than just merely breaking out. The next part we see here, it says they will break out and they will pass through the gate. So here's the thing that we have to understand. Let's look at the children of Israel, okay? The children of Israel were in bondage. They were slaves. They were captives. And God came and he broke them out. Right? So even though they had been broken out of slavery, they had been broken out of bondage, their deliverance was not complete until they passed through. Because as long as you break out and you don't pass through, your enemy still has access to you. So God not only wants to break us out, but he wants to take us to a place where the enemies that we see today, we will see no more again forever. That's why they couldn't just stop at break out because God knew the Egyptians were going to change their mind. God knew that the Egyptians were going to say, no, we just let our free labor go. We got to go back and get them. So God said, no, you cannot stay here. Not only do I want to break you out, but I want to pass you through. And see, many of us in our lives, we have experienced some level of breakout. But we see these cycles repeating themselves in our lives and we find ourselves in the same situations over and over and over again because our deliverance has not fully been complete. We broke out, but we have not yet passed through. Because when you pass through, you go to another rank. When you pass through these little devils that's been messing with you, they don't have access to you anymore because you don't rank with them anymore. You have been upgraded in the spirit. And so now the enemy got to send something else. That don't even work no more because they done passed through another level. They done went to another rank. And so that's not going to work anymore. Now you're going to still see some enemies, but it ain't going to be those. And so we got to make up in our minds that we are done dealing with these little devils. We got to make up in our mind that we will not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Oh, we got to make up in our mind that I'm done. I'm done. I'm done dealing with lack. I'm done dealing with poverty. I'm done dealing with mental issues. I'm done. I'm done dealing with these crazy relationships. I am done. I'm done. And I'm not going back. I'm not going to let the enemy keep tripping me up with the same thing over and over and over again. We got to break some cycles. When you pass through, you break cycles. When you pass through, not only do you break the cycle on your own life, but the generations that come behind you, you break cycles. Does anybody need to break some cycles? Does anybody need some cycles broken off of their bloodline in the name of Jesus? Oh, we got to see it's not just about you. 
is not just about you. Your deliverance is not just about you. But there are generations that are coming up behind you that need to be set free. See, some of us were born into cycles. Some of us, see, we didn't have a choice because we were born into the cycle. But you have an opportunity now to break the cycle that the enemy has used in your bloodline in the name of Jesus. Come on, we got to break the cycle of sickness. We got to break the cycle of sickness. We got to break it. So, so we got to pass through. We, got, we can't just break out and stay right there because the next thing you know, you turn around, the Egyptians going to be right back behind you again. And so we have to make up in our minds that we're not going back and we refuse to be entangled again with the same thing that God had already delivered us from. All right, so let's go to another place where we can see this same thing. Acts 12. Acts 12. And so when I came across that scripture in Micah, and I read it and I and I immediately, when I read, passed through the gate, this verse came to my mind. But I didn't, I had to ask the Lord, what did it mean? And that's what I shared with, with y'all. Like, Lord, I mean, they already broke out. What else, you know, what's left? But that's it. We got we to gotta break out. We got to pass through. Now, let's look at this example here. This is good, y'all. We're going to go to um, Acts 12. Starting at verse 1, we're going to go through 11. It says, now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Now, we can stop right there, can't we? <laughs> Herod wanted to harass the church. Can I tell you something? The, the enemy doesn't need any reason to harass you, except for the fact that you are in the church. If you're in the church, I don't mean the building. I mean the true, called out, true ecclesia, true body of Christ. The enemy don't like that. And so just because you are a part of the church, guess what? He want to harass you. He wants to harass you. Now, this word harass means to oppress, afflict, harm, maltreat, embitter, exasperate. Now that word exasperate, sometimes you need a definition for the definition. <laughs> I'm going to give you a definition for the definition. Exasperate means to irritate and frustrate someone intensely. Now, it's enough to be frustrated and irritated. But he wants to frustrate and irritate you intensely just because you are part of the church, just because you're named by the name of Christ. So that's what he wanted to do. Now, let's go back over here to um, Acts 12. It says he wanted to harass some of the church. Verse 2, it says, then he killed James. The brother of John with the sword. Can I tell you something else? The enemy not playing with you. He, we already know that he comes to steal, kill, and ultimately to destroy. And so here is the thing. If the enemy is not playing with you, why are you playing with him? If the enemy is that serious about keeping you from walking in what God called you to walk in, why is he more serious about your destiny? 
than you are. And so we got to stop playing with our destiny. We got to stop playing with what God showed us and who God called us to be and the assignment that God has given us because the enemy wants to harass you to the point where you are destroyed. But we're so busy playing around and not taking our calling and not taking our assignment seriously. And so in 2023, we need to get as serious about our destiny as the devil is. All right, so let's keep going. Verse 3, it says, and because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. Whoo, man, that's so powerful. Do y'all know why that's so powerful, the days of unleavened bread? Because we just talked about Exodus, didn't we? It was the season of Passover. And we didn't get to it yet, but I'm going to spoiler alert. Peter experienced his his is passing through during the season of Passover. Man. So, verse 5, it says, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Now I'm getting ready to drop something on you real quick. That word prison actually means guard, or watch. So, you know, like soldiers stand guard. They stand watch, right? And it had, I don't know if we read it yet, but it, it was 16 soldiers, okay? And four of them watched him for four hours, and then they switched to guard. And what the Lord showed me about this is that the enemy is watching you. And I said, really, Lord? And I've heard it, but I never really saw it in Scripture. But then I began to think about Job. And Job, the enemy was watching Job, and he knew that there was a hedge around him. He knew that he was an upright man and he avoided evil. He knew. Why did he know? Because he was watching. You know, the book of Daniel talks about the watchers, which are angels. And you know, the devil tries to counterfeit everything God does. And so, the, you know what else? Watching is a war strategy. Watching is a war strategy. So the enemy is watching. Now here's my question. What is he seeing when he's watching you? Is he seeing you praying? Is he seeing you fasting? Is he seeing you serving God? Or is he seeing open doors in your life where he can come in and do whatever he want to do in your life? Does what he sees intimidate him? You know, the Bible says that he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And the moment he sees an open door, guess what? And so we have to live our lives in a way where, like Job, the devil was like, you know what? I don't even got time. Let me go find somebody else to devour. Because when I'm watching, I'm seeing that one pray. I'm seeing that one fast. I'm seeing that one stand on the word of God. I'm seeing that one. So... Man, that 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 change that's gonna change the way I live my life. So 
All right, what verse did we stop at? Verse 5, okay. <laughs> verse 6, it says, And when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Verse 7, uh-oh. Now, behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. All right? And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. So this is so powerful, y'all, because we have angelic assistance. So not only do we have the breaker to break us out, we have angels that will escort us. The book of Exodus, the angel escorted them. God said that I sent my angel to go before you, to bring you into the place that I have for you. And guess what activated the angelic assistance? It says constant prayer was being made, made for him by the church. And so when we live a lifestyle of constant prayer, the angels have something to do. The Bible says that they hearken diligently to the voice of his word. We see even in the book of Daniel where the angel came, he specifically said, Daniel, I have come because of your words. And so we have angelic assistance, angelic escorts that will take us where God wants us to go. Does anybody believe that? Does anybody believe that there is a supernatural realm that is working on your behalf? There are ministering spirits that have been sent to serve you because you are an heir of salvation. All right. Verse number eight, it says, then the angel said to him, oh, this is a good part. It says, gird yourself and tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. Do we see how this echoes the book of Exodus? You know what? We need to read that because everybody might not know. Everybody might not know. Let's go to Exodus 12. Exodus 12, verse 11. I think it's verse 11. Yes, Exodus 12, 11. Look what he told him now. He was about to break him out and pass him through. This is what he says. And thus you shall eat it, talking about the Passover feast, with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. So that means, y'all, that from now on, we got to posture ourselves like we know we're getting ready to break out. We got to posture ourselves like we know we're getting ready to pass through, like we know God is getting ready to take us somewhere. Oh, we got to be ready, y'all. We got to be ready, y'all. We got to understand that at any moment, my angel is coming to break me out and to pass me through. That at any moment, that opportunity is going to come. That at any moment, my status is going to change. At any moment, your status is going to change. At any moment, God is taking you from one level to the next level, from one rank to the next rank at any moment. So we got to be in a state of preparation. We got a state of urgency. All right, there it goes. At any moment. Peter was asleep. Let's keep, let's keep, let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back. Okay. Wow. So, 
Peter was asleep. And it says, the angel came and told him, gird yourself, tie on your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. Verse 9. So he went out and followed him. Look at this. And did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Listen, your deliverance is going to be so, so, so supernatural that you're not going to know whether you're dreaming, whether you're having a vision, whether you don't, you're not going to know what's going on. Your deliverance will be so supernatural. Does anybody believe in supernatural deliverance? Does anybody believe that God can snatch you from one level and put you in another level? See, this is, this is where God wants our expectation to be. Because if our expectation is not on this, then that means we're not looking for God to do it. That means either we don't believe it's going to be done or we're going to try to do it ourselves. Verse 10. Oh, man. When they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city. Look at this. Which opened to them of its own accord. Now, I shouldn't even have to preach that one. I shouldn't even have to preach that one. Because God is, listen, God is going to open up some doors. Come on, God is going to open up some doors, and all you're going to have to do is walk up. <laughs> and the door is going to be open. Oh, man. Man. Okay. Uh, the iron gate which leads to the city was open to them of its own accord, and they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him and when Peter had come to himself he said now look at this now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people and so God is going to bring us out deliver us and pass us through in such a way that we can't even take the credit for it Look, Peter said, look, this had to be God. I know this was God because I was asleep. And the next thing I know, I'm free. And everything that Herod had planned for him, God interrupted that plan. Amen. Okay, now, let's look, we're going to finish up here. We're going to finish up with six keys six keys to breaking through real quick <laughs> the Bible is so amazing I love it because it tells you what you need to know <laughs> so we're talking about breaking out right we're talking about breakthrough right all right, let's look at these verses. Let's go first to Jeremiah 23, 29. All right. Look at this, what, God, what, what the prophet is speaking. It says, is not my word like a fire says the lord and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces so if we understand the context here this is he's talking to prophets okay and these prophets are falsely prophesying and the lord is saying look just say what i said and don't say what i didn't say because it's my word that's the hammer it's my word that's the fire so why are we speaking something else? Because it's the word that's going to break in pieces that thing that's holding you back. So what does that mean for us? That means that we have to be people of the word. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. 
Not just on Sunday. Not just on Wednesday. But we have to live this life in the word. Now, we, do, you, do we want breakthrough or not? Do we want breakthrough or do we want to stay in the same place year after year after year? No. So that means we got to get serious about this word. We got to read it. We got to meditate it. We got to speak it. All right. So number one, we got to be people of the word. Number two, Isaiah 58. We're going to look at six through nine. And it says, is this not the fast that I have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your to your house the poor who are cast out when you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh? Look at this, verse 8. Here goes our breakthrough. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. So key number two, prayer, fasting, and doing good for others. Do y'all see that? How those instructions led right to your light breaking forth. It led right to your light breaking out. Prayer, fasting, doing good to others. Now, we're going to find our third one back in our main text, Micah 2.13. And the third one, it says... The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. Look at this. Their king will pass before them with the Lord at their head. Now, this is important because the king and the Lord are not the same people. The king is the king. The Lord is the Lord. In other words, you have to have a leader that's going to lead you to your breakthrough. <laughs> God set it up. Look, the children of Israel didn't just wake up and decide they wanted to be free once. No, God appointed them a deliverer. God appointed them someone that was anointed to bring them out. And so you got to be, oh, number three, pastoral covering. That's number three. All right? Because that's how we are led out. God uses them to bring us out. All right. Now, let's go to 2 Kings chapter 7. We got two more to go. 2 Kings. See, now y'all ain't shouting over there. They're not shouting. They're not shouting over the practical. Over the practical part, they're not shouting over there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I love the Lord, though, because... Because the Lord, because I'm very big on practical steps, y'all. I am. Like, I'll preach and I'll do all that. But I got to, like, Lord, well, what are we doing when we leave here? So, <laughs> we're going to 2 Kings chapter 7, verses 1 and 2. It says, then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time a seal of fine flour shall be sold for a shekel. And two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. So an officer on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Look, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, In fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. And so if we understand what's happening here, they are in a very severe famine. And the prophet prophesies that there's going to be a breakthrough tomorrow. Right. 
And so the next one here we have, what's that, number four? Is prophetic words. Prophetic words will cause breakthrough. And so when he declared this prophetic word, it shifted the whole economy. And so that's why when we receive these prophetic words, we cannot take them lightly because they carry your breakthrough. So prophetic words will bring us into breakthrough. Now let's look at um, the next one is going to be, I th- did I tell you, what did I, did I, did I give y'all six or five? Oh, okay. What's the next one? We'll go by what they have. Sewing. Okay, let's go to Proverbs chapter 3. <laughs> I don't have that one on my paper. I must have skipped it. Look at this. We're talking about breakthrough, right? Proverbs 3, verse 9 and 10. It says, honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So that your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Does that not sound like breakthrough? But what, what's the prerequisite? It's, oh, I just heard something in the spirit. It didn't say give the Lord your possessions. It said honor him with your possessions. In other words, it's a lifestyle. Honoring God with your possessions is not just something that you do, but it's a heart posture that you have to where you, like Pastor Kim said, you, can't, you don't have it in you to give the rent man your tithe money. Why? Because I have an attitude of honor towards God when it comes to my finances. See, because if you just do it, when you get in a tithe, you won't do it. But if it's a lifestyle of honor, you're going to do it because you, it's in your heart to honor God with your possessions. So we have to honor God with our possessions. Okay, I think we have one more. Now we're going to go back to 2 Kings because it's, it's, it's tied to that one. Sowing, sorry, sowing. Honoring God with your possessions, really. Yes, ma'am. So we're going back to 2 Kings 7. Now, so we talked about the prophetic, the prophetic word. Now let's look at um, verses 3 through 8. 2 Kings 7. It says, now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. They're in that same famine we just talked about. And they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, the famine, in, the famine is in the city, and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, we shall only die. And they rose at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they had come up, when they had come to the outskirts of the Syrian camp, to their surprise, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of a great army. So they said to one another, look, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to attack us. Therefore, they arose and fled at twilight and left the camp intact, their tents, their horses and their donkeys, and they fled for their lives. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank and carried from it silver and gold and clothing and went and hid them. Then they came back and entered another tent and carried some from there also and went and hid it. Now, number six is radical action. It's radical action. Pastor talked about it on Sunday. Is that 
We have to do something. Yes, God is the breaker. Yes, he will break you out. But at some point, <laughs> you got to do something. You got to be prepared for, for the gate when the gate opens when you walk up to it. Because otherwise, when you get in the gate, what you going to do? <laughs> and so it was the action of these four lepers that work in cooperation with the prophetic word that they didn't even hear. You don't know what your action is connected to. You don't know who your action is affecting. You don't know who else is going to be blessed by your action. So they acted radically. And it changed the economy for the whole country. And so we have to be, as we enter into this year, we got to set the tone that we are expecting for God to do everything that he has spoken to us through all the prophetic words that we have received in this season. And so here's what that means for us, okay? We have to level up on the inside. So where our thinking has been limited, we got to shift that. Where our expectation has been low, we got to shift that. Where we have not been consistent in our actions, we got to shift that. Where we have been operating on a low level, now the way we operate has to match where we are expecting for God to take us. And so that means that that shift has to happen on the inside. And so everywhere in our lives where we're functioning at a low level, thinking at a low level, operating at a low, low level, we got to kick it up, y'all. And we got to make sure that our lifestyle is matching the expectation that we have for this year. Amen. All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. Shout on to God. You just got.